Welcome everybody. Games Week is finally behind us, and we as a crew have our own awards to dish out. Plus, the new episode of the Marvel hit series Loki just came out, and we have our impressions. That and much more on a brand new episode of Podcast Demastered. Welcome, welcome. This is episode three of Podcast Demastered, and I'm your host as always, Ethan Meyer, and I'm joined with my two very good friends, Chelsea and Wade. And guys, we are finally out of the marathon of games conferences. Um, it's quite the busy week and also quite the underwhelming week. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, able to cap that off with the Nintendo <clears throat> Direct. Not sure that was the best closer, but uh, I don't know. Wade, what do you uh, what do you think? Oh, with the Nintendo Direct, there. I feel like there were a lot of good things. Um, <clears throat> they were just kind of, they were just kind of quiet, small good things. Um, but there wasn't really anything that blew me personally out of the water. Uh, but I know I have a lot of friends who were excited about um, a lot of the more smaller announcements, um, like specifically the Advance Wars remakes. The second I saw that that get announced, um, I could kind of feel the internet swelling with excitement. Yeah. I feel like um, that's kind of been uh, in the background of the internet for a while, people wanting Advance Wars remakes. Yeah, people have wanted that for a long, long time. Uh, it's a great game back on the Game Boy Advance. Right. Uh, right. And and that was the only and last time it's been seen. Um, outside of, like, uh, Smash Brothers uh, cameos and stuff like that. But yeah. um, I, people are excited about that, and I'm excited that people are excited about that. Yeah, I, I mean, I've never personally played the Advance Wars. I do like that style of game, like that that uh, that tactics game. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's been more spiritual successors to Advance Wars than actual Advance Wars, because it was like not too long ago that game uh, War Groove came out on the Switch, and now I think it's on everything. But I think it debuted on the Switch, and that was basically just Advance Wars, just. I think it had like cute characters. I think there was like one of the characters was like a dog that drove a cha- uh, tank. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but that was essentially, you know, the same game. So, I was actually surprised that Nintendo decided to remake from the ground up, not just re-release. You know, mm-hmm. that's usually not Nintendo's style to completely rebuild an old IP. They usually just repackage it as is. So that was kind of, uh, you know, smaller surprise, but a surprise nonetheless. Yeah. I mean, I know I'm one of 7 billion people who wish that Nintendo would just take their Game Boy Advance lineup and shove it on the Switch as a virtual console thing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, <laughs> Nintendo you think needs of... money, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do they? Do they really? <laughs> do they? I feel like they're fine. <clears throat> Everyone's buying Amiibo. I'm sure they, you know. They're set on that, <laughs> right? <laughs> what do you think about the uh, this uh, the Smash character reveal? Didn't they start the show off with that? They did, they did, and you see the first thing you really see in the uh, in the trailer is like a dead Ganondorf, and of course people are like, "Oh my god, this is it! They're starting with Breath of the Wild." Yeah, no, I mean, it's actually that. dead Ganondorf getting tossed off a cliff, uh, amongst <laughs> other characters. Um, 
Which leads uh, <laughs> to the, mo- the the best memes that I've seen. Oh, they've of been just great. that character throwing every anything and everything off a cliff. Oh yeah, they've been, been they've been great. <laughs> I feel like the meme that we got from the announcement's better than the actual announcement. Mm-hmm. Well, a, a lot of the characters that have come with this specific fighter pass, um, they've gotten a lot of good memes out of the announcements. Yeah, with the Sephiroth announcement. Oh yeah, the Sephiroth um, one is great. <laughs> So, you know, people are excited about the character, or they enjoy the memes thereafter. Either or. Either or works. Were you excited about the character? It's basically just... It's from, uh... It's from Tekken, right? Yeah. Yeah, um... Yeah, I I guess so. A, a new character is always exciting. Um, I don't play much Tekken. Um, so yeah. I don't I don't really have, like, a dog in the race. Uh, but I was, I was slightly underwhelmed, or really any time we get a new character who is a character from another fighting game. Um, those are always kind of chill releases for me. Uh, just because I'm used to seeing those characters in fighting games. So they're just right. in another fighting game. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's but, not much. You know. It's not, there's not really any, it's not like when they put the, uh, we fit, uh, trainer or, you know, something outlandish. Into yeah. Com- like completely original, like made from yeah. the ground up kind of deal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just just taking a fighting character and then putting him in a fighting game. <laughs> it's not really yeah. the most. Uh, <laughs> it's just like, yep, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Makes now, too much sense. I know people are excited for him to be in it, and that's great. Um, but I'll wait. I'll wait and see who the last person is, and maybe hope for a third fighter pass too. But we'll you think, see. Yeah. So what else? What else was from the direct that kind of? caught your gaze well um another uh like big but kind of quiet thing um that i don't think people are giving quite as much credit to uh is the new metroid reveal uh metroid yeah. dread um mm-hmm. you know the first metroid style metroid game <laughs> and what do they say like 19 years or something like that yeah um i know it's not metroid prime 4 um they they gave an update saying it's still in development but uh people will get to play metroid dread in the meantime and that's pretty cool yeah didn't they say that metroid dread actually completes the story arc from the original like when metroid first came out like did they say it uh this... something like that i know that the end of the last metroid, it's like metroid game was it metroid 4 i think yeah um gave a like it gave like a nod to this coming up it talked about like project dread yeah um and now that's finally happening so fans of the game i know are pretty pretty excited to see the <laughs> the end of that <laughs> yeah and i mean metroid kind of i don't want to say is divisive or has like a split fan base but there's definitely your camp that likes the 2d style and then there's the camp that likes the primes the first person style and there's mm-hmm. not really too much crossover like everyone's mm-hmm. kind of <laughs> kind of set in which one they prefer so yes absolutely the, Id- <laughs> the idea of getting metroid dread and hopefully prime four in the future kind of we'll be able to speak to both sides of that camp so that's pretty cool yeah it, it'll probably still be a little bit before metroid uh, prime four comes out but um, yeah i mean they'll, they'll probably restart development at that. least twice you know uh, well <laughs> so, who knows sometimes gosh uh um, the thing that the thing that stood out to me as like kind of like a random uh i don't know it's not really like necessarily like a new game announcement or anything but that game and watch like they did the same thing with uh, mario's anniversary 
you know, where they where they packed in a Mario game on the Game & Watch, which is cool for collectors. You know, it's definitely a, a kind of a tchotchke thing, but mm-hmm. doing it again for Zelda and packing in, you know, the original Zelda, uh, Zelda 2, and then Link's Awakening, and also pricing at 50 bucks, like, that actually surprised me. The price more than the package. Like, 50 bucks, you get three Zelda games on a cute little handheld. Like, that's cool for collectors. It's also cool for people... They haven't played those OG games. They want to play it in kind of, you know, that like that handheld, almost like Game Boy esque kind of style. So, oh, for sure, I that, for sure. I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> I was, I was still a little bummed that that's about all they had to say about the uh, Zelda anniversary. Yeah, um, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to be a fan who's like, oh, it's the anniversary, so we're getting like sixteen games and ten movies and all this stuff. <laughs> Um, I feel that I feel like the Zelda anniversary so far has been uh, very lackluster. Not even yeah. to compare it to the Mario one. Um, yeah. But you would think for an IP that is basically, you know, number two within the Nintendo pantheon, they would have mm-hmm. a bigger anniversary celebration for them. But for real, for real. For they, I mean, just basically reserving Skyward Sword with you know with the ability to play without motion controls and that and then getting this game and watch like that's the definition of lackluster yeah (laughs) well like the skyward sword game it it being 60 dollars um and then if you want the amiibo on top of it like that's another 25 yeah like good (laughs) god that's the kind of stuff that doesn't surprise me about nintendo it's like hey you want this old game that no one really likes we'll pay the same price for you know it's not like it's oh it's thirty dollars or even forty dollars. It's sixty. Like the Twilight Princess one was forty, I think. And if you if you got the amiibo with it, it was like just a total sixty. Like it came in one package. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure that's what the price was. And maybe just because it's a Switch game, it has to be sixty. Or maybe they feel that Skyward Sword has more pull than it does. I yeah, I would they say must... Twilight Princess has more pull, but that's just me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Twilight Princess or Wind Waker <laughs> for sure would have done better mm-hmm. being repackaged for the Switch than Skyward Sword. Skyward Sword is like the black sheep of like it, mainline yes. Zelda. <laughs> yes. Maybe I mean, Doug I, Bowser I agree, hasn't yeah. had that meeting yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know. Chelsea, have you played any of the... Like, have, I know you don't have a Switch, so this Direct is right over the top of your head in terms of I give a shit. So... <laughs> I did watch it though. I watched the yeah. whole thing. Yeah, but like, did you do you have any affinity for any of these like older Zeldas that you wish would have had like uh, any sort of like repackaging? Um, honestly, I've never played any of them, so I really don't uh, have anything to say about it. My heart. Okay, well. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> go, go, just go get a 3DS, play Ocarina of Time, and you're fine. That's Just true. That's true because the 3DS has Ocarina, has Majora. You know. Yeah, like 2DS is like 80 bucks. Ocarina Time is like 20 bucks. Boom. Or you could Done. try and like go to a Goodwill and find the Wii U and play Wind Waker and <laughs> you know. So just get all the older systems and play them all. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, people will probably will probably just hand you a Wii U. Be like, please take this. I mean, I I, I have the uh, I have the Legend Edition Wii U that came with uh, yeah, Wind Waker. That's, that's so the one I got too. You can borrow mine. So 
Yeah, there you go. Okay. <laughs> that's like my, that's like my, uh, like uh, my taboo thing that I do is I never keep an outdated console. As soon as the new one comes out, I immediately sell it. Like I'm not a collector. I don't have any of the old things just sitting around. I immediately, like I don't deem it like unworthy, but you know, I'm, I'm poor. I need the money. You know, <laughs> so. see, I just don't like getting things that I've paid for with money. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I am. <laughs> That's fair. Like most yeah, people I talk I to, that go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna say I feel bad, or I, or I not really feel bad, but there's I regret getting rid of some of my older systems. And I wish I had them now. Oh but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Believe me, a hundred percent regret <laughs> exists, but <laughs> but. <laughs> Like I always, I always have like that time of like, man, I really wish I still had my Wii, or I really wish I still had my mm-hmm. Sega Genesis, or my sixty four, or you know what, this, that, and the other. But then I also think I'm really glad I don't have all this shit just shit sitting on a shelf collecting dust. <laughs> you know? True. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't have any sort of a collector's mentality where I just like things posted up everywhere. Like if I'm not using it and it doesn't serve a purpose anymore, then you're gone. <laughs> it must be nice. Get whatever money I can out of you. <laughs> Put it towards new things. I'm all about the feelings. I need I need my stuff. <laughs> yeah, I don't have feelings anymore. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> These are facts. It is known. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, so I guess, uh, you know, the thing we've kind of been tiptoeing around with the Direct is the Breath of the Wild 2. Uh, I can't even, re- I don't even know what to call it. It's not an announcement because we know it's a thing, but it also wasn't like a reveal. <laughs> I guess a tease <laughs> or Breath of the Wild, another tease. Yeah, just Way need more, more data. <laughs> yeah, um, right. Like what they showed, I thought what they showed was fine because anything's better than nothing, I guess. Because it was gameplay. It's not like it was a CGI trailer and then see ya. Um, yeah. But what the I felt like with the gameplay that they showed... Um, like, you can see that the game tends to take place, I guess, above Hyrule. Yeah, um, I noticed that myself. I and they're like, cool. well, here's the new powers you get, which are kind of like super crazy upgraded ones of the previous powers. Um, and then that's it. Yeah. You have you have Link with his flowing blonde locks now, I guess. Um, and <laughs> right. Zelda falling <laughs> off a cliff. I don't know. Um, but, yeah. Eh, need more. I need more. Yeah. Yeah, I know that you and I were talking earlier about how I don't know if it would have been better if we didn't get any of that footage, but we got the actual title and a release date. Or it would have been better to not get the title and release date and just get like more gameplay, you know? I feel like both are kind of they don't they wouldn't satisfy either way. <laughs> so, yeah. You know? Yeah. I feel so, like it was a no win situation for him. Well, hope, hopefully it's out by the spring, um, so we don't have too long to wait, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, if they do the, you know, the original Breath of the Wild route, it'll release in March. Hopefully with the new Super Switch. <laughs> super Switch. <laughs> the Super Switch. I'm telling you, it's a huge missed opportunity I'm if they don't waiting the for super the Super Switch, switch too, myself. Yeah. <laughs> super Switch Blue? I don't know. Super Switch Rosé. 
Super Switch God Super Switch. Exactly. Yes. No, and no, no. Once again, it's all come back to Dragon Ball. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> we will find a way. Force you guys will. <laughs> and Chelsea's like, damn it. <laughs> yep. Anyway. <laughs> I feel like this whole segment, Chelsea's like, damn it. <laughs> She's like, I don't care. Okay, but like I said, I did it. I, I, no, I mean, I used to have Nintendo products, but I got rid of them all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. See, you're on my side now. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing that I saw in the direct is that the they did say that that new Guardians of the Galaxy game was going to be on Switch, but then they kind of quietly were like, oh, but it's the Cloud Edition. Yeah. Now, so talk about that. What's that mean? So the Cloud Edition means that you have to stream that game. And I think, I don't know if they do, I don't know if this is a Switch, like a Nintendo mandate, or if it's by publisher, but when they did it with Control, you got to download like a demo and play a little bit of the game to make sure that your internet could even like functionally play it before you actually made the purchase. Mm-hmm. Like you couldn't, you couldn't flat out buy the game. Like before you bought the game, it like made you download uh, like a playable version just to test to make sure that it could. Which I thought was kind of smart because it kind of that kind of covers our tracks for people just buying the game. Like, hey, my internet's not good enough to play this. <laughs> so. Yeah, like play through like a little demo-y kind of thing that at the yeah. end presents you with an option to continue to buy if, if specs are good enough or something like that. Yeah, it's like the equivalent of doing like an internet, like a speed test, <laughs> you know? <Yeah. laughs> so from everything that I've heard from people, even with like like gigabit internet, like it was still not a great way to experience those games especially since a lot of these uh a lot of these cloud versions aren't uh exclusives mm-hmm. you know hmm. it, it seems like why why would you even why would you even play it on your switch if you can get it on a uh an xbox or a playstation or pc you yeah know, i mean like... like i'll probably get guardians of the galaxy on my playstation 5 uh yeah. but I thought when I saw them announce it, like, during the thing, I was like, well, that's really cool. I didn't expect this to come to the Switch. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that, too, when I was like, wow, they're gonna, this is going to run on the Switch, and then they're like, cloud. I was like, oh, never mind. It won't. I'll have to go look <laughs> into that, because that's interesting. That's Have they done that with many other games? Uh, they did it with Control. They did it with Hitman 3. And uh, I feel like there's a few others, but those are, like, the two, like, big... Like big ones that I know about, hmm. but as as far as I can tell, like it was, it's been around for a while, because I think they had Assassin's Creed Odyssey, but it was only in Japan. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. For the are like you the, talking about specifically for, all for the Switch? Yeah, for like for their like cloud like their streaming versions. Huh. So I feel like now they're trying to introduce it more stateside with some of these uh, cloud versions but mm-hmm. it was out for a while but it was only in japan probably i, I don't know if they i i guess japan has better infrastructure <laughs> i don't know america needs to get their shit together with our internet infrastructure well, that's, that's a truth the whole middle of the country mm-hmm. is essentially a dead zone for for fiber and stuff like that so it's not the idea of like streaming exclusively is not something that's like super uh it's not a big selling point around here <laughs> so it's true 
but yeah, other than that, was there anything else? I don't know. I couldn't. I can't really. I saw that they were going to speaking of Dragon Ball, they were putting that uh, Kakarot game on the Switch. I saw that. Yeah, I mean that's really cool. Um, and Did I you love, play? I no, I haven't. I haven't played Kakarot yet. Uh, but yeah. that's only because when it comes to Dragon Ball games, I I prefer to just wait until they're extremely cheap. Uh, like they yeah. go on sale and they're super cheap. Um, I haven't bought a like a face value Dragon Ball game in oh years and years and years. Um, I don't think I ever have. So again, the fact that they're putting Kakarot on the Switch, super cool. They're putting the first DLC with it. Probably a good idea to match the selling point. Yeah, um, for sure. But I'll just I'll just wait and get it on PS4 when it's even cheaper than it is now. So yeah, I'll wait for that to be a like a plus game or, <laughs> or that that too that too it could you be know. a thing. I'll could wait be never. A thing. Boy, never. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, that's a that's a good bet too, because mostly the Dragon Ball Z games are not good. You know, so, uh, Xenoverse and Kakarot, you you know that kind of game hasn't really always done super well with fans or critics. The fighters games usually do better, like Budokai. I remember they had like three of those. Oh, were... the original Budokai games. Yeah, man, give give me like an HD remaster of those. I'll I'll pay sixty dollars for that. Yeah. I freaking love those games. Like I feel like Dragon Ball is more more of a, a a fighter game than a like open world RPG kind of. It's the same mm-hmm. problem that that uh the idea of making a Superman game. You know, you can't have you can't have like these super mm-hmm. overpowered uh, characters that can fly you know across the world and seconds or whatever and and design a game world to function for that (laughs) you know it just doesn't Mm -hmm. doesn't it just doesn't work it becomes they did it with kakarot and like one of the biggest complaints is that that the game world is basically empty (laughs) you know (laughs) there's like nothing to do you just fly around and there's no one and it's just like what the fuck am i even playing this game for (laughs) So, (laughs) so yeah i don't know is that is that pretty much wrap up E3 and you know everything like Capcom had their show but we don't have to talk about that because I feel like they didn't have to talk about it so yep put them with Square Enix you don't just because you can have a showcase doesn't mean you have to yeah 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 I feel like all that stuff could have just been paired with someone else yep I mean Monster Hunter fans you got some cool update things happy for you all but you know everything else meh Man. Yeah, and yeah, I agree. All those are there were more underwhelming shows and unnecessary shows than there were like uh like standouts or showstoppers for sure this year. Mhm. Which uh, I don't know, kind of expected that coming out of COVID. You know, I knew it would be a slower year. But yeah, everybody's I'm, working hard just to present what they had, so you know, it, it's fine. Right. But I'm I'm just in the camp also where it's just like you don't have to put on a show. Like we'll understand, <laughs> right? <You know? laughs> if you don't have anything to talk about, then just don't fucking be there. You know? Because mm-hmm. when you're announcing, like, oh yeah, we got an E3 show, people there's like certain expectations that go that coincide with that. You know? Mm-hmm. So. So yeah, I don't know. I feel like we've been talking a lot about Nintendo, Chelsea. I'm sorry. So, uh, I'm awake now. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> ready, Welcome ready back. To, ready to move Welcome on. Back. Thank you. So, let's go ahead and transition into our uh, week in review. And we can start with you. And you can tell us what you've been up to. 
Well, I haven't played any games, but I've watched a couple of things this okay, week. Okay, well, that was a good week in review. <laughs> Next. Hey, no. <laughs> so I did mention, I think it was in the first episode, about how Sony Pictures was releasing uh, another movie on Netflix, and I did yeah, watch yeah, yeah. it. I did watch Wish Dragon. Oh, yeah, I remember and, that title. Yeah, it's... You know, it's definitely more of a kid's animated movie. Um, It was okay-ish. It's basically Aladdin, but kind of in modern day and in China. And instead of a genie, it's a dragon. Okay. Yeah. Was was there any unique animation style that you were talking about with the other, like, uh, with the the other two Sony? With Mitchells vs. Machines? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I didn't really notice anything. It was just pretty traditional, just plain, like, basic animation. Like, I mean, the animation looked good, but it wasn't anything No, 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 it was basic. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I mean, (laughs) yeah, I mean, it kind of was. Also, I'm not sure if it was just, like, because the people who were behind the film, like, I think Jackie Chan was actually a producer of this movie, but I just felt that some of it was just a little too, like, stereotypical like asian just like jokes and stuff mm. about like an old man weird old man and stuff like that and it's just a lot of, tr- lot of tropes yeah a lot of tropes and that was unfortunate and i'm not sure if it was done on purpose or not so i was a little just it i disliked the movie a little bit more because of those tropes <laughs> <laughs> well I, I feel like i need to go watch this movie now yeah, <laughs> you should. It's you sold, me. you sold me on it. Of course, right? Yeah, top of the top of the watch list. Yeah, the other one I watched though was a lot better. It's uh, Us Again. It's the Disney animated short that was uh, that premiered before uh, Raya and the Last Dragon, and they released it on Disney Plus. So I oh nice watched that. That was a really good short. Really, really well done they have it's basically just about this couple and they like dance throughout the whole short and the choreography is amazing with the animation it's just so smooth and they did a really good job editing it it's definitely worth a watch it's only six minutes long yeah speaking of shorts i was thinking about this the other day because uh i occasionally will go through there and just like turn on some shorts in the background Mm -hmm. for uh for atlas and it got me thinking that we should do a show about like ranking the shorts yes. not ranking all of them but maybe just doing like a mount rushmore oh old man chance i think number that would one. be great yeah <laughs> right done that folks is called a tease <laughs> <laughs> coming soon <laughs> coming soon exactly but yeah there's so many good ones that i feel like we could easily <laughs> easily do a segment definitely that would be great so is that it so just those a- no games that's it no didn't have time (laughs) no i totally i understand this is wade and i were talking about this earlier this has been kind of like an off week i don't know if it's just because it's getting hotter or we're just in the like that you know e3 is over so we're just kind of like exhausted from just gaming in general (laughs) that we needed all gamed out (laughs) yeah gamed out exactly i feel like that was a thing Mm -hmm. this week i had a game hangover you know, so. yeah. <laughs> Wade, what about you? Oh, this week, um, I I played a lot more fourteen. I've been doing some pretty heavy, like end game grindy stuff. 
but I did I did download the first Yakuza game, uh, the remake on Xbox, um, and I'm four or five hours into that. Uh, and I've had that's a, on Game Pass, right? It all of them, all of them are on Game Pass now. All of them are on all Game Pass. Man, that's, <laughs> that Game Pass is a real deal, you know. We are not sponsored by Game Pass. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. But um, You're right. we are you accepting know, offers. Uh, Yakuza is just a very, it's very like basic uh, street brawler kind of game. Um, right. With a story, of course, centered in uh, 1990s, 2000s Japan. Uh, you play as a Yakuza agent um, who gets, who gets uh, exiled um for a crime uh but it that's just the beginning then it the story is like what happens after that um i didn't know this but the entire like the dialogue is all in japanese um which is fine i love watching right you know sub stuff uh it's not really an issue i just didn't know that so when they started i was like oh well hello i guess i better watch the <laughs> cutscenes the correct way <laughs> um but I've had a really good time. Um, some of it, it gets kind of ridiculous. Like, like some of the fighting gets really ridiculous, as in like silly wise. But uh, that kind of really adds to the fact all the factors in play. Uh, and I've I've really enjoyed it so far, and I look forward to seeing what else is going on with it. Do you feel like the uh, like the gameplay or the story or both have hooked you more? Ooh. Um... I don't both I guess um I'm enjoying I'm enjoying both the things I don't like sigh when a cutscene starts or sigh when I'm I take back control and have to fight my way out of a building or anything like that so um both are good so far god I've always been that series has always kind of just like been in the uh, back of my mind and I've always been uh I don't know sort of skittish about starting it because of like the the silliness of it because that's kind of like it's what sets it apart from everything else is it is super over the top and super mm-hmm. you know especially mm-hmm. as that series goes on it goes to some pretty goofy places yeah <laughs> so <laughs> i didn't know if i would find that stuff annoying or charming or so i'm being I pretty def- charmed by it so far so yeah so i yeah. definitely i don't know the more you talk about it may sway me to actually jump into that series mm-hmm. um the, over over the course of the last week and a half um, I've also watched, uh, I watched Cruella and uh, Raya the Last Dragon. Um, so oh, knocked, nice. knocked both of those out this last week. Uh, if you haven't seen Raya, you should watch Raya. Um, it's, I mean, it was so good. The characters are great. Um, the characterization of another princess. Uh, she's not just a princess. She's a badass ninja princess mm-hmm. um, who don't need nobody. <laughs> um, and you know like yeah. and just you don't really expect the ending as it was um but it was it was really good and like the animation looks so there's parts where you're like whoa that's like real i swear to god um but i had a great time with that that seems like to be their uh their new their the theme for their uh new princesses in this like new era of disney animation is like because i haven't seen raya but i watched moana and then Frozen is kind of the same way, but it's just like these tough, you know, these badasses. It's just like, I don't I don't need no prince. I don't even fall asleep and wait for some dude to kiss me and mm-hmm. give me my happily ever after. I'm a badass. I can do whatever well, I want. You know, they, they, they take... I mean, females aren't one-dimensional. We have to I really mean, show them. Yeah. yeah. 
For sure. Uh, they they used to be. They did. The Disney <laughs> I know, but then they realized, oh, that was sure. a bad idea. Yeah, like, they're getting away from that kind of stereotype with, like, Disney princesses. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, like, getting away from that by creating a new one. Well, kind of. <laughs> But, like, every time you get, like, just more a, a different one, one, it's, like, a different kind of person than the last. Um, I feel like a lot of it that. now is, it's, like, focused on a new, like, culture, which I think is super cool. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. both Disney Animation and Pixar here in at least, you know, past, like, five or so years, it's always focused on, like, a new culture, a new diversity, you know, and that used mm-hmm. to never be a focal point. Mm-hmm. Well, like, so if, if you look at, like, the old, old Disney princess movies, um, those all take place in, in separate cultures as well, but they're all, like, white European cultures. Yeah, it's like, oh, um, well, this person's So it's British, harder to tell. But she's French, you know, so it's just... Then, yeah, like, yeah, kind yeah. of in the 90s, it kind of changes a little bit, because we get, you know, I believe that's when Pocahontas, we have Aladdin with Jasmine and Mulan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they just keep getting more you also had pr- out, uh, females. Uh, that last one before they kind of took like a hiatus, what was uh, The Princess and the Frog? Oh, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love that movie. I think that's a very underrated movie that'll be talked about in probably another extre- year. <laughs> I feel like it's, it's extremely underrated. I've only seen parts oh gosh, of it. Yes. Uh, they play that movie on repeat at my pediatrician, so... <laughs> <laughs> Like every time Tiana I go, I, is awesome. Yeah, I dig the uh, I dig the whole vibe of it, the whole jazz, the New Orleans kind of uh, backdrop. I thought all oh, that was cool. Oh, I like the, the voodoo magic. I loved like yeah, yeah, the voodoo yeah. culture. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just need to sit down and watch it. It'll it'll, it'll happen. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's speaking of uh, speaking of Disney women, um, I also watched Cruella, um, which I actually fell in love with. Now, oh, yeah. question. Yes. Did you go in with low expectations and you were pleasantly surprised on how it wasn't bad? Or how did, how did this play out? Um, I, when I go into things, um, I usually don't really go in with any expectations. No, um, I, I don't so like, hype, I don't like <laughs> hype myself up and I don't like trash it for weeks on and beforehand. You know, I just kind of like I'm a wait and see person um Mm -hmm. that's just that's just how i am it it helps me like if something does turn out to be bad then i'm just like oh well you know like um let's dive into why it's bad let's make lots of jokes and have a good time and let's move on (laughs) but then like i don't have hurt feelings for the next forever you know Uh, i'm the exact opposite i can't help but get hyped for certain things yeah i mean i get excited Mm -hmm. for things um but if you know, if something is bad, I don't like come crashing back down to earth, and and then just be angry at whatever for oh how God, it turned I out. I do. I had like an existential crisis when Rise of Skywalker ended. <laughs> 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 I remember that long walk from the auditorium to my car. I was like, "Does life even need to happen anymore? Like, this is <laughs> what is what is what is everything? This is." <laughs> And then I like on the drive home. I was like yelling at J.J. Abrams. <laughs> I could hear like, that. <laughs> like, I think I was silent after that. Just yeah. lost in thought. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I think there was a solid yeah. week of just like contemplation on that. 
I mean, so, I'm not I saying envy that, you, Wade. <laughs> I mean, I left that movie like afterwards, going, "Why? Why did they make a bunch of the decisions they made?" I did do yeah, that, you know. Yeah. But like, I, I don't know. I'm I'm not like um, going to be mad at whatever the next Star Wars movie is, you know. Um, I'll just go back and watch the Last Jedi, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's what I did. I had to go home and cleanse myself <laughs> and watch something good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, I oh man. Especially with established properties or IPs that I love or characters that I love or anything like that, I can't help myself. My hype level just, like, runs runs rampant, mm-hmm. you know? It's so, so hard I go, not to have, yeah. Yeah, so I go in with super high expectations. And, very, you know, very seldom are they ever met. but they're also very seldom ever like wow that was horrendous and i'm gonna bitch about it for a week yeah (laughs) like like cruella was like such my cup of tea you know like it was a it was a villain and i know people are already like well they're turning the villain into an anti-villain or they're doing they're doing this or that and the other uh to make her not as bad of a person um but i'm like well this is when she's like 20 and you know we know Cruella when she's like an old lady um so and and it's yeah. not like you don't watch Cruella and you're not like how how can this person become this like you see it throughout the movie right she's not a good person she's out to get revenge for almost all of the movie and just because she gets revenge against an even more awful person doesn't make her less awful right um and Emma Stone does a great job of of uh of tying all of that together and just carrying all that on her shoulders um like the the pride that she has the flamboyantness of this like kind of fashion designer feel um it works out so well i feel and i'm i'm glad that they're making a second one that's cool that's good to hear i i have zero expectations for that film and I didn't really care to watch it when it was announced or when trailers started coming out or reviews started coming out, mainly because I never really found Cruella DeVille an interesting villain. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, you know, she's a fashion designer who wanted to kill a bunch of puppies for a coat. Yeah, and I never you know. even liked 101 Dalmatians. Like, that's kind of... Same. Know. Uh-huh. So yeah, when like, like, yeah. oh, we're doing Cruella, I'm like, yeah, cool. Yeah, that's, like the announcement of the movie, I was like, okay. And then the tease, the trailer of the movie, I was like okay um but i do like emma stone a lot uh so Mm -hmm. i had the option of watching it and i was like okay i'll take it and i'm really glad that i did because it was a really good movie i felt that's good cool what about chelsea are you gonna watch it i'll probably watch it eventually i am intrigued by it um i'm just trying to yes i because i like i've heard i've heard some good things about it and Wade clearly yeah. said he was he liked it, so we actually I, watched Wade it twice everything. in a row. <laughs> twice in a row? Yeah, like we finished wow. it and we pressed like back play to back. Again. Yeah, because we went to like Dang. play like play board games after that after we watched the movie. Um, so we just like hit play again and watched it in the background while we were playing games. <laughs> oh, I was getting ready. Yeah, I was getting ready to ask like how many drinks deep were you when you decided to hit play again? Uh, zero actually. <laughs> zero. I thought the one thing that I saw that actually intrigued me has nothing to do with really the uh, context of the story, but I saw that the like costume designer came out in an interview and was talking about how 
they made like 80 or 90 different outfits or whatever for just Emma Stone. <laughs> I believe it. For the wow. film. I believe it. I was like, it. what the hell? Well, she wears a whole bunch of stuff in the movie. Um, yeah. But I can, you know, they probably had to create different variations for every single one of those outfits. Yeah, um, I was like, that yeah. blows my mind. Like, I love stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily make me want to watch the film, but it's just like a cool little <laughs> nugget, you know, that it makes it mm-hmm. a little bit more interesting. It's just like a, a creative endeavor, not necessarily something yeah. I want to sit down and watch. <laughs> <laughs> what well, i mean is that is that kind of is that put a bow on your your week for my week yes it does yeah mm-hmm. all right i guess we'll move into mine um i didn't watch any in fact i haven't watched anything i haven't watched any more dragon ball super still in goku black i know my goodness <laughs> <laughs> well it's because uh been spending a lot more time outside with uh with atlas who's one or one and a half he loves playing in the water mm-hmm. so we get a lot of outside time so we haven't really been sitting inside watching tv as much anymore and when we do his new interest is watching the wiggles so <laughs> so the yeah right <laughs> So the storyline of Goku Black is going to set stagnant for right now. Unfortunate. Unfortunate. I know. I'll finish it because it's it's really damn good. But yeah, during the day that which was like my prime watching time has kind of uh disappeared before my eyes. So <laughs> I was able to get a couple get some gaming in though. I uh rolled credits on Genesis Noir. Which, that game is really hard to talk about because I feel like I'm not at the intellectual capacity to talk about it. But that game left me with some some feelings <laughs> <laughs> and some emotions. Like, I feel like it resonated with me on an emotional level but I couldn't grasp it conceptually, if that makes sense. Like, I'm feeling things, and I don't necessarily know why I am. (laughs) (laughs) But that game is... First off, it's incredibly short. I think I put, like, five hours into it, like, at at tops. And, uh, yeah, it's just... It's on Game Pass. Go play it. I mean, if you have the ability, if you got five hours to spare, just... Someone needs to someone needs to play that game. I feel like I've no one talks about it. It's an indie title. It's from a studio I've never heard of. Um, it's got some rad just music in it. Not just you know it's it's a noir game, so it kind of starts off with like those like jazzy undertones that most noir settings have. But by the time you get to the end of the game, like that that game goes places and places I was not expecting. And uh, yeah, it just kind of. It just kind of stuck with me. I just—it's just really hard to. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I still think about it. Well, I and honestly, yeah, I understand what you mean, though. Like the last game that like left me kind of like thinking about it for like days was when I played Last of Us Part Two. Granted, mm-hmm. those were totally different emotions. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, I'll just—I'll you know—I finished that game like on Monday or something like that, and here it is Sunday. And I'm just like, damn, that game is 
wild. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm still trying to like piece it together because I feel like it's very interpretive. It's not necessarily just like a linear story A to B kind of thing, like super. Like it has like simple constructs, mm-hmm. but it has like a bigger overall kind of uh, design that's kind of hard to parse out in words. I feel like it's just more of something you have to just like engage with visually, you know. You gotta you gotta do the thing to get the reward. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the reward is oh my! It's such a cool payoff. It's so good, so good. And you don't have to spend fifty hours to get to it. You know, it's (laughs) like honestly, if you have just like you you could you could um, five hours, so you can knock it out in a day easily if you got time. But man, it was it was incredible. And then, uh, totally different game. I started Rage 2. <laughs> Not, it has nothing to do with uh, how Genesis Noir left me feeling. I didn't, you know. I honestly just, I really like shooters. I really like, uh, especially like id Software shooters. Like, I'm a big fan of Doom, big fan of like Wolfenstein. I've been a big fan of id Software since their inception they kind of are like the grandfathers of the first person shooters so i've always have been intrigued by other games um this one's kind of interesting though because it's a collaboration of studios it's uh it's id software but it's also avalanche and if you're not familiar with avalanche they're the uh i think they're swedish but they're the studio behind all the just cause games and they also did uh, that Mad Max game a couple years back. And they're also the ones that announced at the Xbox Bethesda showcase that they were doing that game Contraband. Oh, that game that didn't have any. Yeah, the game that was literally just like <laughs> the title. It's like it's an open world co op game. And that's like all it said. But it, yeah, it's that studio, and it's that engine. They have like a the Apex engine, and Rage Two also functions off that same engine, so that was another like kind of reason why I wanted to get in there and play with it because ID Tech, if you don't know, the ID engine is like top shelf. It's it's really really good. So I was I wanted to see what this Apex engine was all about because if it's an ID game, that decided not to use ID Tech then this engine better be, you know, better better slap. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, and I can say that it does and it doesn't. <laughs> so, so, from a, like, uh, particle effects and just, like, the gameplay, like, the, uh, the gun mechanics, the shooting, the explosions, all the action... And just, like, the world from a distance looks incredible. It's when you, it's like, it's when you get up to, like, characters and you start kind of getting up close and, like, really inspecting things. Everything starts to look a little muddy or, uh, like, wax. Like, they're wax figures. (laughs) (laughs) And then, like, the, like, the facial animations are kind of very, like, Bethesda, like, very, like, Skyrim. You know, they're all kind of, I don't know. Not the, they're not bad, but they're also not a standout. They get better the further mm. away you are from them. 
<laughs> so, Don't look so, too yeah. close. <laughs> right. But Rage 2 also, it was a last-gen game. Uh, Contraband's going to be a next-gen title, so I'm sure that a lot of this stuff will get ironed out with better hardware. Because Rage 2 is also not optimized for new consoles, so you're still just running the you know base PS4 version or you know the base version of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of just like the game itself, the story is fucking just bonkers, and I feel you know it's definitely intentional just based on the game, like the whole game, apocalyptic wasteland. Uh, there's a you know a, a shadow. A group called the Authority that wants to basically have caused genocide to rid the world of inferior species, basically humans, because the Authority are like these hybrid human cyborg things. <laughs> <laughs> Which actually, character design is pretty cool because just like the the grunts of the world and with the Authority are essentially just like. Imagine a human that started to melt and then stopped halfway. <laughs> awesome. And then put like a back a mechanical backpack on them that has a gun on the top. <laughs> and that's that's your they don't have arms. So, I don't know. Just, okay. Character designs pretty pretty cool for them, I got to say. Um in fact, all the designs for all the different factions, you got the there's like goons and mutants and you know all these all kinds of different warring factions in the wasteland. Um, the writing of the game is fucking dumb, borderline <laughs> immature. <laughs> so, like really bad. Like you know how like uh, have you ever played Borderlands, where it's almost it's, it's like kind of cringy, jokey, like internet humor, and it tries really hard to be like kind of like uh, I don't know, like we're over the top for over the top sake. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Oh yeah. Rage Rage Two is basically the exact same. It has like that exact same writing, so it gets annoying, tedious after a while. So, but playing the game is so much fun that you just kind of skip all that shit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just like oh, people are talking. I'm gonna go get a drink, or I'm gonna go to the bathroom, and you know, <laughs> or skip this cutscene, or or whatever. Like the nuts and bolts of why. Uh, of the world isn't really interesting but like participating in those events in the world is super fun yeah gameplay is top notch you know they got the best parts of id's background with the shooting and the gunplay and then they got some of the best parts from avalanche with their vehicles because there's vehicles in the game a lot of them actually and they handle oh the handling is perfect like usually in these games where driving is secondary vehicles usually handle like a bar of soap on like wet tile (laughs) (laughs) you know the handling on the vehicles in this game have like some heft some weight to them you feel like you can kind of feel it when you're when you're driving it's really good there's you know your character has different guns that have different abilities and different upgrades your vehicles are the same they customize they have different vehicle upgrades and whatnot you get powers you know it's definitely the game is literally a power fantasy like from the beginning like <laughs> opening opening credits you're just like dropped in all hell's breaking loose and you just start busting heads 
it's kind of a great way to start the game because if it was the other way around where it was like 15 minutes of exposition that writing would have turned me off instantly <laughs> so but just getting into the like, the action of it kind of hooked me with just like how the game felt um it is an open world game i don't know how long it is but it does seem like it could overstay its welcome because it doesn't look like there's so far i'm only i don't know maybe four or five hours in but so far every mission or side quest or anything is all kind of the same thing it's like oh go here kill these guys report back go here kill these guys report back go here kill these guys report back so i can see it getting you know if the if the actual like accomplishing that objective wasn't so much fun it would ex it'd be extremely tedious it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of variety in terms of what you're actually trying to accomplish but it's fun accomplishing it if that makes sense <laughs> so well as long as so you're having fun yeah so i'll stick with it but it's definitely one of those dumb games you know that is kind of i guess the perfect uh dessert to a genesis noir which really kind of mind fucked me <laughs> so <laughs> it's kind of nice that i can turn this on and literally turn my brain off it's definitely popcorn fair you know oh yeah it's the this is the michael bay of video games right here oh good so Lord. <laughs> a lot <laughs> of explosions enough said there of, huh <laughs> yeah it's fun it's dumb uh i'm you know i'll stick with it for now i'm having a good time playing it just because it is really fun to play but not a whole lot of merit anywhere else so since all the game showcases are over and all the conferences are over and we've had chance to watch everything and soak it all in we decided to kind of do our own little uh our own little awards the demastered awards we're calling them for yeah all the all the, not just e3 but you know every every conference every showcase everybody's involved um so i guess we're gonna how we're gonna do this is i will read off the category and then chelsea you can give us the runners up and then you can announce the winner and then as a whole we can all just kind of talk about why we thought that would be the uh like why we think that game should win so we'll go ahead and get started here let's start with let's start with biggest surprise biggest surprise okay so our runner-ups included elden ring mario and rabbits 2 and guardians or yeah <laughs> and then the biggest <laughs> surprise overall is guardians of the galaxy yeah, actually, Guardians of the Galaxy was my runner-up, but as yes. a whole, we decided that it was the legitimate biggest surprise because I guess it. I mean, did anyone did anyone see this coming? Was it? I no. didn't no. know this game was rumored. No, I don't. I don't think so. I mm -mm. think most people thought it was just another Deus Ex game because yeah. it was the developers of Deus Ex, um, and then they were like, "Surprise, Guardians of the Galaxy," and everybody was like, "Well, okay then, right? That's fine." Yeah, I just like the when it, in terms that trail, of like that announcement started. I was like, "Is this really what I think it is? Is this Guardians of the Galaxy?" Yeah, exactly. And just like the game itself, I was not expecting it to be a a single player 
you know, adventure game. Mm-hmm. Especially since, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that studio still kind of is under the umbrella of Square Enix, and Square Enix is doing that Marvel's Avengers. I was kind of expecting some bastardized version of that for the Guardians. <laughs> I'm so glad they did not go in that direction. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And honestly, like, the game is, you know, we're, we're a week out, basically, from from the reveal and there's been some debate among people about if it's good or bad that you can only play as star lord but honestly i'm kind of fine with it i yeah that the mm-hmm. fact that you can only play star lord it doesn't bother me one bit yeah because because then if you start introducing the idea it was like oh well you should make all the characters playable and you know what you should you should make it where it's like a four-player game and then, then we're just basically doing the Avengers formula, and that shit doesn't work. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. I'm totally fine just playing as Star-Lord and having the companions be the companions, mm-hmm. you know? Because, I mean, you still get to upgrade them and make decisions for yeah. them during battle and stuff. Um, so it, I, think it's, I think it's absolutely fine. Yeah, it's like Mass Effect. You know, you have all these amazing companions and characters. You don't actually play as them. You just, they're just there. You mm-hmm. know, they're, they're your support. Yeah, I think that's, you know, I'm not a huge fan of the Guardians of the Galaxy or Star Lord or you know, it's not like they're like upper echelon for me. But you know, the idea that they're making more single player comic book games, like yes, give me more. I hope this makes a billion dollars and they keep making more games like this. Yes, absolutely. Yes, we need more. Yeah, my Captain America idea is still. <laughs> Still floating yes. around out there. It's amazing. <laughs> Somebody, please. I will sell you the idea. <laughs> yes, please take it. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to best showcase. Okay. So we only had one runner-up, and that was the Tribeca Games Spotlight. And then the best showcase that wins that award is the Xbox Bethesda. And honestly, like, they were neck and neck for me. Mm-hmm. Like, Tribeca really, I think it was more just, I didn't know what Tribeca was going to be since it's brand new. So having no expectations for it and then it totally delivered is what kind of, like, shot it up so high and yeah, also that does that help. They were, yeah exactly and there's also so many conferences that have expectations already built in and they just didn't deliver you know yeah <laughs> yeah like i'm so used to watching e3 or a showcase and your your square enix and your ubisoft and your capcoms just come out just you know come out swinging and all those were flops this year yeah, the bar wasn't terribly high, so finding a best showcase wasn't terribly difficult. Yeah, and it's <laughs> it kind of is <laughs> it's kind of amusing that you say that in this year because yeah, you're right. This is kind of a off year. Uh, most of the showcases were blah, and then you get like one of the best Xbox showcases in a long time. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. and it's butted mm-hmm. up again you know you don't have anyone else like i still feel like that showcase would have been amazing even if you had your sonys and everyone else like coming in full strength 
it, that showcase was the Xbox One was that good. It had so many games, all different varieties, you know, really hammering Game Pass. Like if people left E three and still aren't on board with Game Pass, then I don't I don't know what to like <laughs> I don't know what to do. I don't know what like that showcase should I obviously have sold don't, you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, obviously I still don't have Game Pass yet, but no, I can totally respect that showcase and it was well done and it definitely deserves that top spot. Yeah, I mean it was just it was just so cohesive. It was so well edited. The uh, like I don't know. It was just it was top notch. And I feel like Xbox is very hit or miss and has been for a long time with their showcases. Mm-hmm. They either spend an hour talking about how you can plug your dish network into your fucking console or <laughs> you know, or or they have people pantomiming connect games. Like they've had a lot of bad <laughs> bad E threes. So it just sucks that one of their best ones came in a year where there wasn't anything to you know there wasn't any like Goliath didn't show up, you know? <laughs> so He's got David out there flexing. It's <laughs> a good way to put it. Right? You know? <laughs> well, I, I think that, you know, watching the Xbox and Bethesda showcase, um, I really hope that I really hope that the other major companies really look at Game Pass. Um, and I hope they get something out of that, really. Um, I know Sony has now which I won't go any further with that because <laughs> I think I think mm-hmm. I know how everybody feels about that. But like if Nintendo could get it get it together and like take their virtual console to like the next stage. Um yeah. so they have something like Game Pass. Um I think I think that would be absolutely bonkers for Nintendo. Like it that would do crazy. them so much good. Yeah, and it seems crazy to me that Nintendo is closer to having a funk like uh, a somewhat of a i don't want to say competitor because i don't like looking at it that way but like an equivalent to game pass more so than sony sony doesn't it seems like they don't give a fuck you know all sony has to do is make it so that you can download the games and it's not fifty dollars you know or whatever it's stupid price um Mm -hmm. that's all they have to do really to fix it they won't for a long time they won't because they're still riding, you know, their coattails from last gen because last gen was a huge fucking win for them. Mm-hmm. You know, Xbox mm-hmm. stumbled hard out of the gate with all their, you know, we don't have to get into all their mistakes and bad messaging from last gen in the beginning. But I feel like Sony just has like this, uh, I don't know, I don't want to... I don't want to go down some fucking console war path. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I, I hate, I hate that that's a thing. But I do feel like Sony has like this hubris about them that they don't need it. And I feel like that's a mistake, and that's a mistake that they're gonna learn by the end of the generation that they, they should have had it. Oh, for sure. No, yeah, <laughs> you, know? you know, like they have a lot of background, they have a lot of experience, um, but that doesn't mean that you stop learning. Yeah, uh, I feel like you know. I feel like good companies always are looking forward and are always progressing, and the idea mm-hmm. of being stagnant, even if you're successful, isn't a winning strategy, in my opinion. 
Yeah. Now, when it I comes would, to I, so when it comes to Sony and Nintendo, that's also a very um, that's also a very a like thing. Japanese. Yeah, it's a Japanese mindset. business. No, it's it's a, it's an older mindset. But in Japan, the yeah. old people they run all of the companies, and there's countless industries in that country who all suffer because people yeah. won't take the next step forward that they should have yeah. done 15 20 years ago yeah because at the end of the day they are businessmen and they look at the bottom line mm-hmm. and until that bottom line goes into the red yeah they don't seem any they don't there's no reason they don't like risk they're like insurance adjusters yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah if risk is involved they're not doing it and Microsoft being an American company, Americans are all about risk. We do all kinds of <laughs> stupid shit. And a lot of times it doesn't make sense, but there's always that off chance that it that it works, you know? And Game Pass is a, one of those, I'm sure when whoever pitched that at whatever meeting, however long ago, I'm sure that that was like, that seems fucking dumb. That seems crazy. There's no way this is going to work. We're going to lose. We're going to lose so much money on this. And look at it now. Like, same with like Netflix. You, me- do you does anyone remember Netflix when it first started? When it was literally just renting DVDs through the mail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure do. And however, and then when they first started streaming, where there was like twenty titles and they were shit. It was like some like weird. It was like <laughs> backlog of Nicolas Cage films and. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and everyone's like, "Oh, mm-hmm. this is this is dumb. This isn't gonna last." We'll, we'll look at them now. They spent like $60 billion or some nonsense funding all their new projects. Mm-hmm. That's Game Pass in five years. That revenue stream for Microsoft is going to be off the fucking charts if it's not already. Time will tell. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't have any animosity towards Nintendo or Sony, but I just, as a gamer, I just feel like it's. You're not you're not you're not helping the community by you know it's it's very like kind of self-serving mm-hmm. to not take these these more like these evolutionary steps you know mm-hmm. it's very antiquated thinking and I just don't like that well let let's hope that they figure it out sometime soon yeah thanks Wade yep optimist <laughs> <laughs> absolutely <laughs> anytime. All right, so let's move on to our next category, which will be most anticipated. Okay, so our runner-ups included Battlefield 2042 and Breath of the Wild 2, and the most anticipated award goes to Kana Bridge of Spirits. Bridge of Spirits, so excited. So, and... I was talking. I was talking to Wade about this earlier, in the week, where since Kenna wasn't part of E3 proper, and it was only shown during Tribeca, is why I feel like more people aren't talking about this game. Because more t- people should be talking about this game. Mm-hmm. You know, if it would if it would have shown up during, you know, any other showcase, if it was part of like Summer Game Fest the Jeff Keighley uh, project, I feel like it would have done gangbusters. But being such a small team, new IP, 
uh, a bunch of really nobodies in the industry. It just is not getting, it's not getting its its time in the sun yet. Hopefully yes, when that game comes coming. out. Yeah. yeah, hopefully when that game comes out, it just blows people away and it actually gets people like, you know, paying attention to it. Because, you mm-hmm. know, all the, all the scuttlebutt I was getting was like, I think like, uh, what was it, like the E3, like judges award for like, most anticipated game or whatever was Forza Horizon 5. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah, mm-hmm. the game looks amazing. It almost looks photorealistic, but it's also the fifth iteration in a historic racing franchise. You know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Nothing super new. Exactly. Like, I don't know. We spent a lot of time yeah. last episode talking about why Kenna looks amazing, and it just continues to look amazing. So it definitely deserved... Uh, most anticipated okay let's move on to (laughs) the the next uh, category which is best new ip does anybody have a guess what it's going to be well we'll do our runner-ups first (laughs) (laughs) our runner-ups include elden ring and 12 minutes and as we were just talking about bridge of spirits when's that it was unanimous between the three of us. Too, it was, which, I thought was, which <laughs> yes. I thought was interesting. You know, we all kind of we all just like put in our nominees and runner ups and everything, and <laughs> the best new IP <laughs> unanimously was Kenna. So, yep. But yeah, I mean, there was a lot of new IP that was shown in the over the week, and I feel like. Even by the time I got to the end of the week, there's still some that I probably like forgot about in my mind palace, just because Kenna took up so much space. You know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just a showstopper. Yeah. Of course, Elden Ring. Oh God. Yeah, not not to say that nobody's excited about Elden Ring because that would be farthest from the truth. <laughs> Yeah, because honestly, uh, if you exist on the internet, I would say that's probably the most anticipated, or most, uh, like, the best new IP, because, you know, From Software has a huge, huge frothing fan base. <laughs> what you know. a description. <laughs> <laughs> and I think Elden Ring also might be the best chance for that developer to get more casuals in because of the open world nature of it i know i'll be i'll I'll be trying it out and i haven't played like dark souls or anything so yeah i feel like yeah exactly i've been seeing a lot of people talking about how that game uh is something that they want to look into whereas you know and they never really existed in that souls born uh like fandom you know i feel like those games are Mm -hmm. very like I don't want to say they're all the same, but they're all, like, the same kind of, like, linear uh, action adventures where the idea of doing a open world game. Uh, I did see, uh, I think it was yesterday or the day before, that FromSoft came out and said that that this game was going to be easier than uh, their uh, predecessors. I don't know what that really means because those games are fucking hard. That's <laughs> fine with me. So, um, I don't know. I just feel like this is this is gonna open up that uh, that developer, that studio to a broader audience. At least initially, you know. Let's see how the game actually plays out. Um, that that studio in the 
modern era hasn't really made any hasn't made a bad game yet so is this only next gen elden ring only next gen no 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 no, no. it's cross-gen i mean hell when it was announced Mm -hmm. two years ago it was announced just for ps4 and xbox one so yeah i remember that so (laughs) so i feel like it was developed for this gen or last gen Mm -hmm. and it's probably just going to have optimizations for next gen maybe you know what i mean what are you going to play it on then oh i'm going to play it on my series s okay I almost never play anything on my PS4 anymore because, like I've said before, I feel like that thing is going to explode soon. So that's fair. I, I feel <laughs> he's got to be on his last leg. That poor guy. <laughs> well, because um, he's struggling. <laughs> Chelsea, did you plan on getting Elden Ring? I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of split. I'll keep an eye out on it, but I am intrigued. I'm just not all in. <laughs> what intrigues you? Because I'm curious. Because I know that I've been trying to get you to play Dark Souls for what feels like my entire life. <laughs> I don't know. I think just, like, I want to know more about it. And you guys keep talking about it. And, Ethan, you're super excited about it. And I'm just like, I just want to know why we're really excited about it. What about <laughs> this game besides the fact that it's, you know. I mean, I'm excited about it because it's, I mean, From Software is, like, one of my favorite developers. Like, in the in this, like current iteration Uh, from software has been around a long time they made the uh like steel battalion like they've 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 got some shit on their resume you know don't go too far back (laughs) you know (laughs) okay (laughs) but when they came out with demon souls on the uh ps3 like that game kind of came out of nowhere and it threw a lot of people off because of its difficulty curve you know that sort of that sort of game kind of died with the uh, like the arcades and like the NES era mm-hmm. of gaming, where you're kind of used to games being incredibly difficult, and then we kind of just we kind of lost that. And From Software is kind of bringing that kind of mantra back of no, this game is kind of it's I don't want to say punish you because it's not a, a, like a nefarious thing, but it's very much it tests your resolve. And it's very much like, if you finish one, you don't even have to finish a game. Just finishing like a a battle with a, like finishing a boss fight in a Souls game or Bloodborne or something like that is like one of the, it's, it, it's, it's really hard to explain, but it's, it's like one of the most gratifying sighs of relief and just like, you feel like a total badass, you know? <laughs> It's like the ultimate power fantasy. You actually feel like you accomplished something as opposed to most games. It, you're almost like, it's like the developer expects you to get past it. It's like, yeah, yeah, come on, let's move along. You know, this isn't that hard. <laughs> you know? Where when you, when you feel, when you finish something in like a Souls game or a, a Bloodborne or Sekiro, it's like you feel like you kind of cheated the developer a bit. You know? You're like, yeah, I beat you. I beat you you can't you can't you can't hold me down like you know and it's just it's like i think that's why it has such a a rabid fan base is because that feeling is you know not commonplace in gaming anymore that sense Mm -hmm. of satisfaction of success and that's why i i love playing those games also i do love the aesthetic you know i think they're super inventive with their creature design like they just they're just nightmarish abominations you know and it's just oh my god it's so cool 
I, I hope that I hope that Elden Ring adds a little bit more color. Um, you know, I don't need it. I don't need like super black toned down. Because uh, that's you know that's what like Dark Souls and stuff is for. I hope it adds a little bit more color, just a little bit. I mean, yeah, I feel like. I feel like blood. I feel like Bloodborne may be like their more their most like kind of monochromatic uh, game because it is just set in like one town and you never really, you know, you go in like the sewers, you go in the, uh, you know, this that and the other. The Souls games, the initial areas are kind of bleak and gray, a lot of grays, a lot of that. But there's some areas in those games that are downright gorgeous even for how old they are like the original dark souls they got some like oh man there's some really really and they are like different color palettes it's just they're so they're buried in like the back half of the game that most people don't get there because most people <laughs> tap out you know let's see like the i mean I the very st- go go ahead go ahead oh sorry no i was just gonna say in general i think the story just has to sell me i'm just not sold on that yet mm-hmm. i just okay, don't well, think it's I'm anything go, special i'm gonna go ahead and tell you right there uh none of them are, <laughs> are gonna sell you on their story except maybe sekiro sekiro has the most actual story there's cutscenes. Well, yes yeah, Se- sekiro has an character. actual narrative that it follows yeah there's a narrative yeah. uh dark souls and blood more Dark Souls than Bloodborne is very much just lore focused. Like you have an objective of what you're trying to do, but it's incredibly opaque and you have to kind of dig. And it's not necessarily just like, uh, I'm the hero of this story and I have to go do this. It's, uh, I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain, but yeah, the story is not why you play these games. Now, that's oh. not to say that the universe isn't the writing, the characters, and the lore, like, the, just the world building itself is, like, superb. It's, like, top-notch. It's some of the best stuff. You actually want to seek out more information, but the game itself isn't designed to deliver that information to you in cutscenes or, you know, oh, I got to this... I got to this threshold, so here's an exposition dump. Like, that isn't mm-hmm. prevalent in any of them. You know? Okay. So, if you are very much more story-focused and you, you need that to, like, power through, you'll never play these or finish them. Okay. Like, these yeah. games are very much more, like, gameplay, like, the mechanics and the skill involved to master those mechanics is what kind of powers you through everything. And I mean, and like I said, just diving deeper into uh, uh, the universe itself and the world that they build for you is interesting, but it's not so linear of narrative that you would expect. You know, it's not like it's not like you're playing like a, like an Uncharted or something. You know. Mm-hmm. So. I, but you know, Elden Ring could be different. You had George R. R. Martin uh, <laughs> writing writing for it, so I don't I don't know what capacity he's what he's doing or how involved. Uh, he may have just come up with the title. I don't fucking know. You know, <laughs> guess we'll wait and see. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, I I would not 
I would not try and pitch this game to somebody and, and be like in the selling point being like, yeah, the story's incredible. It's more of like a a, a feeling. There's like an emotional uh, connection that you can have with these games that you're not going to get elsewhere. Okay. So. So yeah. All right, well, we, All right, have, so do we, need we to... have one last award, right? Yes, yeah, we the, do. Last, the, <laughs> the last one is best game. Yep. So our runner-ups included, surprise, surprise, Elden Ring, and we had 12 <laughs> minutes. And best game <laughs> is Can I Bridge of Spirits. Woohoo! Let's go. Yeah, it- August 24th, man. It just blew everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is August. Yep. Dang. Soon. That's quicker before we know it. Yeah, that's like two months. Right? Yeah. Wow. Two months out. Man, that's going to be like the first day of school. (laughs) It could could actually be the first day of school. That sucks. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Well, I know what to do while I do my first day of school cry now. (laughs) (laughs) but yeah yeah man i can't believe we're gonna keep talking about this game (laughs) until it comes out and even afterward yep i can't believe it's two months out and there's still like very little fanfare oh we'll see the state of play should be here at the end of the month or soon um and i'm sure they'll do a spotlight on it yeah you would think i mean they did the last august so yeah, because if that's an August title, that's a good way to like start your like push for the fall. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like a good strong. You know, you got like Kenna in August, possibly something in September, and then you really get into heavy hitters. And like, isn't Horizon Forbidden West? That's November, right? Have they said? It seems like a November oh. title. Ooh, that's a good question, actually. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't. Seen I, I didn't know if they... they may have just said holiday. But usually when they when people say holiday they mean November. <laughs> so. <laughs> so all it says is twenty twenty one. So is there any we'll chance see. that game gets delayed? Of course. Oh, I think it's gonna get delayed. And anything <laughs> really? anything has a chance to get delayed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, wait, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> God <laughs> Dude, oh, I, no. I I do a lot of Square Enix games. Um, I laugh. Okay, I yeah. laugh at the first three or four release dates that are said. So um, my expectations <laughs> yeah. don't rise until like the sixth. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you're desensitized at this point. I being sure a Square am. Enix fan. <laughs> being a Final Fantasy guy, you're like, whatever. Release dates are meaningless. And Kingdom Hearts. And We've Kingdom waited years. <laughs> the crying we'll and the another screaming 20. whenever that was delayed. Oh my gosh. Oh man. <laughs> All four times. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. That. Uh, that wraps up our first uh, first ever Demastered Awards for what I don't know what do we call it Games Week. We can't even call it E three because there's so much other yeah. than just we'll have, called Games. We'll week. have to yeah. do a little addendum Games when week. the state of play comes out. No, no, no. There won't be anything good on it. <laughs> no, you don't know that. Hey, man, they're gonna do Final <laughs> Fantasy sixteen at that. Um, so replace everything. So our with Final Fantasy same. sixteen. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Don't be rude. <laughs> don't be rude. <laughs> outvoted I, well i guess it, it can't be it can't be new ip because it's not exactly a new ip but um you know 
I can be. Yeah, I, I mean, can still be surprised at it. Yeah, I mean, Sony doesn't. Sony doesn't get to be a part of the awards if they're not going to be a part of Games Week. So they don't just get to start their own shit and still get the mastered awards. That's not how this works. Oh, okay. I mean, they've been doing that for a while, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, and that's why they're not a part of this. <laughs> they win all the other awards. Yeah, exactly. They got the Game Awards. They win that shit every year. It's not even. <laughs> they might as well just rename that the Sony Awards. I just I just don't pay attention to the Game Awards. <laughs> I watch it for like new announcements and stuff, um, but I ignore all the like actual <laughs> awards that go on. <laughs> you know what's interesting about the Game Awards is, uh, in terms of like ratings and viewership, it's trending like upwards, whereas the Oscars have been trending downwards. Like somebody put like a side by side, and it's just like they're going in opposite directions like the oscars are like plummeting in terms of like people giving a shit Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like Mm -hmm. the game awards have like i think it's like the last three years like viewership has like doubled or sometimes tripled i find that interesting because the game awards used to be like a joke like no one watched he's like whatever i mean again the the awards themselves are still jokes um (laughs) but they you know they partner with everybody now so they get to like announce they get to announce yeah. new games. Like, there was a Smash oh, character that was announced at the last Game Awards, you know? Yeah, which I'm 100%. Super advertised. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I'm with you. I guarantee that most viewership people tuning in are waiting for those announcements. I mean, there's precedent. Like, Rocksteady announced their game at the Game Awards. Like, there's always, like, some, like, big reveal. Mm-hmm. You know? So I feel like that's. You know, it's not like the Oscars are having a trailer for the new whatever. I don't know. <laughs> right. You know, isn't isn't that another Jeffrey project? The Game yeah. Awards? Yes, yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I also feel like gamer fandom is also incredibly... Uh, it's kind of like... Uh, it's kind of like politics like everyone's just kind of set in their camp and they want to watch to prove the other camp wrong (laughs) kind of thing um it do be that way sometimes yeah 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 so i feel Mm -hmm. like that's another reason why so many people tune in where you don't really have that with movies you know there isn't really like that that uh that toxicity that comes with uh movie fans right not 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 that because there isn't the you don't have your quote-unquote console wars within movies like you don't, have, you don't have your theater wars or whatever the fuck they would be. i don't really know what that would be no. you know? it'd be so sassy yeah so the fact that there are these like these avenues that these people just like root themselves in like it, it the game awards is like a you know it's just like an open trough for the pigs to feed you know mm-hmm. so which kind of sucks because around that time of the year you basically got to stay off the internet because just it's just nothing but sass and vitriol. Oh yeah, <laughs> across across the board. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, and as an Xbox fan, it's like none of my games are gonna win. Why even watch? <laughs> yeah. Time will tell, though. Yeah, give it give it four or five years <laughs> when all these start coming out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> speaking speaking of speaking of quick uh quick aside here about starfield have you guys seen any like all the uh, tidbits coming out about it in regards like, to what 
just like like they're drink they're dropping like little gameplay nuggets and you know that they did that interview with Todd Howard. And, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so he was like sounds... specifying a few things so like people didn't get all ridiculous yeah. about stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like I feel like he's setting him setting himself up for like down the road criticism because he did the same thing with Fallout seventy six where he like over promised and under delivered. Well, and I to and me, I really it, don't want that to be with Starfield. It felt it, to me it didn't really feel like he was over promising. I felt like he was more like pulling back on the reins a little bit to be like, you said this, but I'm saying this. Calm it down. Yeah. Um, uh, and even when he would throw out something as that's like tantalizing, he mm-hmm. would he would kind of walk it back a little bit, be like, yeah, but, you know, but he wasn't within, like this is revolutionary and has never been done before. Yeah. But, like, the way he was talking about, like, how big the game is and, like, how many just, like, he's like, it's, like, the longest game we've ever made and it's the biggest game we've ever made. And there's va- there's so many cities and so much things. And I'm just like, what the, what is this game going to be? Well, you know what I mean? Like, I'm already, like, drooling about it. It's <laughs> you know? Skyrim, but in space. <laughs> Basically. It's going to be, like, okay five Skyrims in space. That's, That's fine. cool. That's fine. Yep. Sorry, Chelsea. <laughs> Never. <laughs> won't hey, be able to. <laughs> that's okay. You know. Don't worry. You got your Bethesda apology. They apologize to all Sony fans that they don't get to play it. <sighs> hey, you know, I don't need an apology. You know, when you just play on whatever system you play, you you're gonna miss out on other cool games. Mm-hmm. So you just either buy that system or just move along. Yeah. Can you tell the internet that? <laughs> yes, that is all to the internet. <laughs> I I I kind of get it. It's all silliness at the end of the day, but I kind of get it um, because it's not like uh, it's not like PlayStation's like God. Like we can't play Halo on PlayStation because you've never been able to play Halo on on PlayStation, right? Um, right. But like this has been a company that for bajillions of years you have been able to pick up these games wherever, and all of a sudden you're not going to be able to do that anymore. I think that's more where it was coming from um yeah it, i mean it is I would, all silliness like just play what you're gonna play Calm yeah down. i mean life's not fair. i would yeah <laughs> i would buy into that sentiment more if if it was like they announced elder scrolls 6 as exclusive that one will be a bigger deal i think if they if that yeah, ends up like happening that, but for starfield like mm-hmm. it's a new ip it's a little safer um yeah you know exactly. if it ends up bombing and is awful do you think the PlayStation crowd's going to care after that? No. Because my my counter to that my counter to that defense is uh Insomniac made Sunset Overdrive an Xbox exclusive and then their next mm-hmm. game was Spider-Man a Sony exclusive. Mhm. Well, as an Xbox fan, why the fuck didn't it, uh Spider-Man come to Xbox? Oh yeah, <laughs> you know there, I mean? was, there was a whole lot of there's still a whole lot of stuff going on about Yeah. Why can't we play so, Spider-Man on uh, on Xbox, but you know, yeah, I uh, sorry, and it, yeah, so I mean, it goes both ways, and it's both stupid. You know, mm-hmm. if you want to play that game, buy the fucking system and play yeah. that game. You know, yeah. so I Simple just, I just thought, I just thought it was really dumb that they felt compelled to come out and be like, "Oh, we're sorry, Sony fans, you don't get to play Starfield." But like, no, fuck Sony fans. If you're <laughs> Like that makes it worse almost well just like, yeah don't, just move on uh-huh. yeah. well you know and it's you know well if if consoles weren't so hard to get right now regardless i think it would still be a different thing 
but you know there's people working there at bethesda um who don't have an xbox people who are working on this game and they're not really going to get to play it still you know i mean they're um, i mean they're creating it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well that's not the same as enjoying it though I wonder if Xbox bought them and they're like, hey, everyone gets an Xbox. It's like the Oprah. Now, you get an Xbox and you get an Xbox. I, maybe. I, maybe you know. that could have happened. Also, I do think it's it's been easier to acquire uh, Xbox, especially the S. Um, yeah, Xboxes way have, more. Been, have been a lot easier the last mm-hmm. few months. Yeah, but PlayStation still, has been for still keeping PS5s. up with demand. Yeah. Yeah. Like basically, as soon as like that queue goes live on the like the direct or whatever for Sony, it's oh, like, God. Go, you know, <laughs> like those things are still impossible to come by. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't foresee when Horizon Forbidden West comes out. You know, I don't think uh, Gorilla is going to issue an apology to me that I'm not going to be able to play it. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know what I mean? To you specifically? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. I don't know. I thought the whole thing was completely unnecessary and very stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's uh, try and segue out of that to something that's not <laughs> unnecessary and stupid, and that's the <laughs> new Loki show. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is totally necessary, and it's absolutely brilliant so far. <laughs> so I guess just jumping right into the newest episode uh what are your guys initial thoughts um i love the fact that loki is like kind of working for the tva uh, but he's still trying to like hoodwink the people that work at the tva in really small ways and they're just like not having it (laughs) Mm -hmm. like they know exactly who he is and they don't care (laughs) yeah i do appreciate the Mm -hmm. fact that it's still still that uh like like that phase one kind of loki where he's still trying to pull off a bunch of nonsense and he still thinks that he's the smartest guy in the room and that he's always ahead of everybody Mm -hmm. you know i've been enjoying that i'm also still i am enjoying owen wilson's character like it's just (laughs) owen wilson as mobius has been perfect oh yeah i love it i like that yeah i don't really find anyone else in the show interesting so it's a good thing that he basically can carry the show yeah it's just it's just him and loki and that's that's fine yeah like (laughs) like yeah mobius and loki basically all you need because all the other side characters are very much just like cardboard cutouts mm-hmm. that's like the only i guess negative i have is i don't find anyone else interesting at all well for now i don't think we're supposed to um but it is only episode two as well exactly so. like uh, yeah i'm definitely like it's the definition of a nitpick <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you know because it's like <laughs> like in wandavision it's like what well, side of wanda and vision it's like well you yes that is correct yes um yeah but even like even early on in that like i really enjoyed uh uh, agnes. uh the neighbor agnes. agatha oh, agnes. Agnes. absolutely like it's just like a, a brand new side character introduced like she was kind of like stealing scenes you know mm-hmm. <laughs> and i and i feel like that's kind of like what owen wilson is doing in this show like he's like him and loki are like the perfect pairing you know got a nice little time buddy cop going on yeah exactly <laughs> um what'd you guys think of like the uh the big the, the reveal at the end full spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen it sorry <laughs> too bad this is called a it. recap i mean i kind of <laughs> saw it coming sorry but i did like this episode a lot better than the first one 
I thought it was more enjoyable and yeah, I like the characters more and I'm looking forward to watching the rest. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm interested to find out exactly who she is. Um, there's lots of theories, of course, going on. Um, is it uh, like a variant, like daughter of Loki? Um, is it just a variant Loki where he happens to be a lady? Uh, you know, because like right before the show started, Marvel made that announcement or like the MCU Marvel people made an mm-hmm. announcement that like, yes, the MCU uh, Loki is also a gender fluid person uh, where he will become whoever he wants to become kind of situation. Um, right. And I think because they made that specific announcement, it leads me to believe that this is Loki, but it's not like that Loki, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the new, you know, Lady Loki, I guess. Yeah. The you don't really get to see what her like overall grand plan is, but we kind of got the spark of it at the end, where she started dropping all the the what the Nexus bombs or whatever they call mm-hmm. it, the reset time. She started mm-hmm. dropping them just all over the damn place. That was pretty high energy. I was kind of panicking myself going, oh my God, what's happening? Yeah. What's going to happen? Oh I my just, God. Yeah. I just started just like completely destroying the sacred timeline and creating <laughs> several <laughs> splits. <laughs> um, what do you, what do you guys, do you think that's just kind of like, how do you think it's going to pan out? Grant, like big picture, oh my big gosh. picture stuff. Like, not just, like, Loki, but in, like, MCU big well, picture. Do you think that's going to lead anywhere, or do you think it's going to end up by the end? There's a there's a theory going around right now. I heard I heard yesterday, I think it was. Um, and I'll give it some merits or something. I'm like, whoa, slow down there. Uh, but there is some people going on that believe that um, Kang the Conqueror is actually one of the... Uh, timekeepers. The timekeepers. Um, yeah, I saw and that, that too. that the TVA is actually the city in the quantum realm that you can yeah. see in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Mm-hmm. Is it Ant-Man and the Wasp or is it Ant-Man? I don't know. No, it's Ant-Man and the Wasp um, where it shows the subatomic city. You know, like Mobius is like, well, like time works differently here in the TVA. Uh, nobody really knows like how long they've been here. Um, there's a lot of things that kind of give that vibe. Um, yeah. That, that, like I, I is Kang one of the timekeepers? I I don't know about that. Um, Kang is a, typically a very pompous person who believes that he is the ruler of time himself. Um, so I him like working with other timekeepers. I don't know, but will we meet the timekeepers eventually? And will that question be answered? Oh, for sure. Um, so time will tell on that theory. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't fully buy in that Kang's gonna be in this show at all. Because mm-hmm. I feel like with all these, so far with these uh, Marvel projects, like early on, everyone starts theorizing about big villain reveals For that sure. are gonna impact entire mm-hmm. MCU, and it just never happens mm-hmm. and never goes anywhere. Yeah. So I'm kind of just in that mindset where Loki's gonna be another one of those where, early on, our our minds are gonna run wild with how this is gonna <laughs> impact. Surely the MCU. not. <laughs> and by the time it ends, it's not going to impact the MCU at all. Mm-hmm. So, well, we do know that Loki Loki's going to have a second season. We already know that. Um, yeah. But we also know that Kang is coming. He's going to be in uh, the next yeah, Ant-Man Ant- movie. Yeah, he's so, in Ant-Man, Ant-Man of the Wasp, 
Quantumania? Is that what it is? It is. That is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, like, all the time shenanigans that are happening in Loki, like, mess, specifically messing with the uh, sacred timeline, uh, and all the, the stuff that the Avengers did as well with the timeline, um, Kang could look at all that and be like, what the hell y'all doing? Stop it. Yeah. You know, and he could come after whoever. Um, but will Loki lead specifically into, like, the Kang stuff? Yeah, I don't think so. The only theory that I had even before the show started and this most recent episode kind of gave a little bit more uh, a little bit more fire into it, I guess, is that by the end of Loki, the TVA will either be like completely just so overall fucked that they just can't even manage time anymore. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, they're going to be so disrupted mm-hmm. that they just, that they're going to be, like, not abolished, but just, like, overwhelmed. And I could see that having, like, being a catalyst that leads to other MCU projects being like, oh, yeah, well, it's because of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, <laughs> there's know? that. And there's, yeah. there's another theory that's saying that, like, the TVA doesn't really exist. Like, it's a Patsy scheme where somebody's running it from behind the scenes and they made up the timekeepers. Uh, but all the workers think that the timekeepers actually exist kind of thing. But, like, there's going to be that one person at the top that knows it's, like, they're just running a, a scam kind of thing. Right. Um, and- That's kind of what Loki's been talking about the, both episodes. He's like, you don't really buy into this shit, right? Bunch of lizard yeah. guys controlling time. Like, this seems like, a, this seems like nonsense. Mm-hmm. Which also... Uh, speaking of that just i feel like so far the writing in this show has been like you know loki as a character is very metaphorical and i feel like mobius is a very good counter to that which leads to either extremely bad writing or can lead to really good writing and i feel like it's more on the good writing you know what i mean yeah so far they've done Mm -hmm. a good job of like counteracting loki yeah (laughs) but i just feel like uh, like they have some there's some lines in this episode that are just like, damn, that's a really good line. Like that one where it's just like, you know, existence is chaos and we're all just trying to find a uh, meaning yes. or whatever. Like that's like so like deep, <laughs> you know, I love that. <laughs> and I, line. Yeah. I feel like just like the writing in this, in the show in general has just been just like top notch. Just like, just the, the banter between Mobius and Loki has been, you know, way way better than the banter between falcon and winter soldier which i guess you know they're fucking army grunts maybe you got to keep it simple i don't know i'm not trying to say anything (laughs) (laughs) and then you know wandavision it's it's a totally different thing because they're trying to emulate different eras of television Mm -hmm. so the writing has to change and evolve Mm -hmm. with that so that makes sense you know but watching loki i'm just like man this has some really like like some shit that you just want to like quote on your Instagram bio, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. So no, I'm thoroughly enjoying that. Um, I don't know. It's hard to, like you guys said, we're still early on. This could go a million different directions, mm-hmm. and it's probably not going to be. the The cynic in me is probably not going to be the one I want because <laughs> I haven't got that from either one of them yet. They all kind of just, I feel like they always start off with like these really high aspirations and then they kind of like get cold feet 
you know, and pull back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I don't know why that is, because just because it's a TV show doesn't mean you can't have it have grander impacts that are a little bit more surface level. I don't know. I feel like it's just be just because they had the job of setting up the movie, um, so yeah. they couldn't give away the uh, what's the saying? They couldn't give away the whatever. Um, I can't remember the word. That's a <laughs> <laughs> I know that was great, um, but they can't. Uh, they can't. They can't. They can't play all their cards because there's a yeah 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 movie. I know what you're saying. Um, but it, you feel like you're running to that end, and then the end's just like, well, light jog here. Yeah, um, I just like, feel oh, like crap. <laughs> I feel like if I was like, all right, so let's say that you are, you know, working in Marvel or whatever, mm-hmm. and you're on the creative team for one of these TV shows instead of a creative team for one of the movies. Mm-hmm. I feel like the TV shows have way more constraints and like boundaries and stuff oh, well yeah of course because the movies are the things that they're actually trying to sell and then yeah. the 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 show is just the commercial for the movie yeah but i just i i feel like hopefully once we enter phase five proper and these shows are still going i kind of hope that they kind of put like break the shackles on like the creatives for the tv and allow them to do more impactful stories yeah once they once they mm-hmm. really like finish getting their feet wet with the with the shows because you know like they want the shows to take place side by side with the movies so that the movies yeah. all the characters they can just jump back and forth between the shows and the movies and it's not an issue um i think yeah. once they really understand how they want that to work um I think it'll make a lot more sense, I think, and it, it'll be a little smoother. But, you know, like, with the entire MCU, this is the first time that that's happened, and these shows with right. the movies, it's the first time that this has happened. Um, so, you know, DC has it. They could have this so easy. They can copy what's happened. But me, but it, yeah, the well, MCU D- is paving a whole new a whole We new can't thing. even bring up DC. Goddamn. <laughs> train wreck. <laughs> Well, the MCU tried to do it a while ago because when Agents of Shield came out, they really tried to like kind of hint that you had to, like you had to watch the movies and like then you had to watch the TV show type thing. But mm. then those completely like veered apart from each yeah, other. Like, unfortunately, and the issue with Agents of Shield, I think, was because Agents of Shield happens at a far greater pace than the movies does. Um, so the tie-ins are just kind of like awkward uh but the agents of shield is also one show you know with one cast of people uh and having it split into a whole bunch of shows now like with with the other like what disney plus is doing i think is a way better way to go with that i also feel like with agents of shield in particular and like agent carter and stuff like that is expectations are way lower being basically broadcast shows Mm-hmm. and in terms of like they're not really ex- they don't they're not there they're there as like supplemental yeah. you know as, in ter- as as opposed to like we want this to help propel our next tentpole film but the Disney yeah. Plus shows are being sold to us you know not sold but like marketing to mm-hmm. us as being that that source to help propel the films but I feel like since there are no films and there haven't been, these shows aren't 
living up doing... to that expectation as of right yeah. now. You know what I mean? Because we're not getting the other half of it yet. So, and yeah. I just feel like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there was that thing. There's there's a thing that came out uh, like a that was a while back where Doctor Strange was supposed to be at the end of WandaVision, and then they decided to cut it. Uh, but like stuff like I don't know, maybe it's kind of like I don't know. <laughs> it's it's like I feel like having something like that would have is. It's maybe what I was expecting from these shows to be a little bit more mm-hmm. like one to one, and I feel like uh, maybe that's not what they intended them to be, <laughs> mm-hmm. or maybe you know you got to think about COVID kind of threw everything off into a whack in terms of just production in general, but also like in terms of these projects being announced and being developed and being written and all this other stuff. And then also the Fox deal going down with Marvel and then all that getting thrown into the fold. I feel like they themselves don't really have that great of a uh, plan in place for how 4 and 5 kind of work with one another as much as they did with how the Infinity Saga was going to play out, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Well, yeah, well, Feige's been talking for forever about leaving 4 open, very open so that the characters have room to breathe and like they're not setting up an avengers level thing for a long time yeah. which is right which is a great choice <laughs> and i don't need like i don't need like uh i don't need an avengers setup but i i guess what i'm getting at is i don't i still don't fully understand why these shows exist mm-hmm. if they aren't helping to uh, like connect everything to Hold. connect into yeah exactly like so far if you just get just like super cut and dry WandaVision gave us the idea that you can call her Scarlet Witch and she got her true powers and her kids and her kids and, her kids. and then and then uh, maybe <laughs> yeah even that's I guess that's kind of <laughs> no the, you know, the kids are the kids will TBD. they'll be back they're, they're gonna be in the movie I gotta look at that uh, they're those actors contracts <laughs> oh those those, those eight-year-olds contracts <laughs> exactly yeah and then captain or you know and falcon and winter soldier gave us the new captain america which you know both of those like that's cool but uh, i don't know both of those things could so... have easily been done in the films why do i i mean why did i have a show to like i don't know i just i guess my expectations of how well phases like the infinity saga kind of like weaved everything together Mm -hmm. and then how we don't have that like so apparent weave right now is like it's giving me like pause and giving me like anxiety (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean i think for these two specifically those the first two shows specifically i think um there was just a lot of fallout that needed to happen like for wanda it was emotional fallout She'd been in, she'd been through so much in the last like three or four movies, um, and they didn't like just to le- have that left after after uh, Endgame, and then like here we'll skip over to Doctor Strange two, and she's like, she's lost her marbles. She's exploring and opening portals to the multiverse. She's chasing down spirits of 
of her killed children basically like what <laughs> like where's like what really <laughs> happened to vision after endgame you know like there's so many yeah. like emotional questions and phases that wanda needed to go through before uh before her character could really be used again um and then just the basic captain america fallout for winter soldier and the falcon you know uh they needed a they needed a place to put their feet um for the next movie that had anything to do with them right yeah i would I mean, agree with that yeah yeah i sorry i think that like yeah these shows yeah i think are more specifically about the character development and and themselves they're like mini movies and i think like when we saw at the beginning like how like all the avengers movie and how avengers movies and how they all came together they were characters that if anybody is a fan of the comics or any of those characters you kind of know like oh these are like we're setting up these characters of course they're going to come together and like that was like in a way kind of expected and maybe it's on purpose that you know we don't really know how they're tying in and they want us to feel like that too to like kind of question and guess and then it will actually come together at the end yeah i mean Everything, yeah, everything you guys are saying is make it makes sense because it's like these are those those quieter moments that give these side characters uh, purpose and fleshing them out as more than just like you know your sidekicks. It's mm-hmm. just I'm so used to the MCU the MCU in terms of just like its grandiose uh, arcs mm-hmm. that now that mm-hmm. that hasn't been prevalent in my life for like three years. Yeah. <laughs> It's definitely left a hole, that's true. And it still won't, because there's really nothing in Phase 4 that's gonna, like, uh, there's a lot of of ends and a lot of beginnings, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, Spider-Man 3 is, uh, because I think Spider-Man 2 was kind of, (laughs) Spider-Man 2 was kind of an ending, um, so Spider-Man 3 I think will be a different thing. Kind of. And a beginning. For sure, yeah. I don't. I'm. Uh, I. I. Just we'll wait all, and see. We'll just... Yeah, exactly. I have to have a wait and see for the new Spider-Man film because I feel like the the theories have run so fucking rampant that I don't even mm-hmm. remember what's actually real anymore. Yeah, they're yeah. like the pe- people are talking so much about having the other Spider-Man in it and all this other stuff, and I'm like, do you not remember that this child is on the freaking run? internationally as a murderer he is a child uh, like i i think that bringing in 75 other characters from different movies kind of uh overshadows this trauma that's going on in peter parker's life right now yeah and also i feel like the marvel itself isn't doing itself any favors by casting people that have existed in other eras yeah because it's creating because it's fucking confusing uh, like oh god what's gonna happen oh and i can't it's hard to parse if it's just them trolling us because they want us to conceive all these multiverse theories Mm -hmm. just like everyone did with wandavision and then none of that shit panned out and it was incredibly like it like tarnished the show for me because i had all these expectations just based on where rumors were coming from like if it's just some Mm -hmm. like random whatever on the fucking internet be like oh this is gonna happen it's like yeah whatever but when your cast is saying this is gonna happen and then it doesn't (laughs) you know what i mean like that's different that that's that cuts deep yeah and something that something that people need to 
really keep in mind as we go through like spider-man and doctor strange because that's where all this like drama is right now is that yeah a whole bunch of these like cat these like question mark castings have been for doctor strange and not for spider-man yeah like there's i i bet there's gonna be a five minute scene and Doctor Strange, where he's flying through multiverse portals, and you're gonna like see the character as he's flying through, like, I, they're gonna and be it would like, be something like that, and it's not yeah, gonna it's be, gonna like, be something huge, like that. Like, story related nonsense, um, yeah. Because why would like the other two Spider Men have been casted into that movie? Well, why does why does Doctor Strange need two multiversal Spider Men? I mean, why do we need... What, isn't Tobey Maguire, like, in his 50s? Why do I need a 50-year-old Spider-Man? <laughs> I don't think he's that old. But... <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. I just... Every time I even see anything pop up, rumor or otherwise, about No Way Home mm-hmm. or Multiverse of Madness, I'm just like, oh my god. <laughs> like, go home. Stop. <laughs> yes, please stop. Now, like... Damn it. If... If because like all the villains, a bunch of the villains have been casted in actual Spider-Man. Um, now, like if they're gonna use like all the all this multiverse stuff that Wanda has broken out, if are they gonna use this to like throw together a Sinister Six, like a multiversal Sinister Six? That's okay, but like I can't think of these things. <laughs> Like I would be more okay with that because as a viewer we have experience with with uh that Doctor Octopus. We have experience with that Electro, you know, so like we already have some kind of relationship with those characters. Um yeah. and Peter doesn't have to have a relationship with all of them outside the fact that they're trying to kill him. Right. So you know, he'll have people like because, you know, like uh oh god, uh Michael Keaton's character, oh my gosh, uh, the Vulture, he, Vulture, he'll probably be in that, you know. Uh, so he'll have characters who he like actually has dealt with before, but because, you know, like, the multiverse stuff is going to start in Spider-Man, and it'll be wrapped up probably, probably, in Doctor Strange. So if, if they're going to use that to their advantage in Spider-Man just to kind of, like, help with the villain stuff, okay. Like that's yeah, fine. That's I, whatever. I don't know. Have some fun with it, I guess, if you must. I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna say, you know, it's also just the huge theory that that's how they're going to like haphazardly throw Fox properties into everything. People keep saying that, but <laughs> I, I ignore that because Feige said that like the mutants and the Fantastic Four they're coming when he wants them to, and not to expect say, Fantastic them Four anytime was like, soon. I was going to say, Fantastic Four was, like, announced as, like, the last in the slate for Phase 5. Yeah. So, like, he, <laughs> he and especially with the mutants, because, like, how are you going to explain an entire subspecies of people being exactly, there? Yeah. You know, he said that he well, will... could have with WandaVision. Well, you could have, but it was, it's, like Ethan said, it's just kind of a clumsy way to snap your fingers and poof, they're there. Yeah. Um, he said that he, he has a way that he wants to do it, and it'll happen when it does, and to slow your roll <laughs> now uh forgive my uh marvel ignorance here but is is miss is miss marvel a mutant no she's a, an inhuman Mm-mm. 
Right. Okay, I get those confused. Mm-hmm. Basically the same. But I, now, <laughs> I'll kind of, well, don't 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 be saying that to everybody. No, um, no, no, no uh, they're different. Um, psh, there's all there's they all have sorts abilities. Of sure. Um, now we'll get my Marvel. I think is it after Eternals. Oh, uh, I don't. I can't. And it's Miss Marvels. All. Yeah. Well, are you talking well, about the movie? No, or the I'm, talking about, I'm talking the about the show. Yeah. Um, because I don't care the, about the Eternals <laughs> could be used to explain mutants and inhumans because they have ties, evolutionary-wise, they have ties to them all, to, the, yeah. you know, the Eternals do. So they could use that to help, like, lay the, the, the foundation for those things. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like, are they going to keep Miss Marvel as an inhuman? I don't know. They probably know. should, That's... but can they not? I guess they could. Because that one, it, it kind of uh, comes out of nowhere, because a lot of these TV shows are very much, like you said, is like already fleshing out established characters. Mm-hmm. She's not established, mm-hmm. so it's essentially a brand, you know, a whole new character you're throwing into the fold with a completely different uh, you know, background and origin than most of what we've gotten before. So mm-hmm. that's going to be interesting how that's handled, if it is going to have any sort of... Uh, you know grander purpose because you know the other shows that we're getting you know we got hawkeye this year i'm pretty sure is this year yeah which you know okay you know that's pretty like pretty ground level so they're not gonna be yeah doing a whole lot yeah yeah exactly (laughs) well thanks for listening today be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast so you don't miss out on the next episode And we'd appreciate it if you would take a minute to write us a review. Leave us five stars and tell us your favorite game, film, or TV show in the review, and maybe we'll talk about it in a future episode. If you have any questions, feel free to email us at demasteredpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at at poddemastered. Thanks for listening, and we hope you tune in next week. And that's a wrap.